presentation of the Believe Podcast Network. It's time for the Believe in Ole Miss Podcast with your host, Brad Logan. Your home for Ole Miss sports. To be a part of the show, email the show at brad.logan at loganmedianetwork.com or shoot him a DM on Twitter at bradloganCOTE. Download the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe, rate, and leave a review online. And now, from the vault, to the pavilion, to Swayze Field. It's all Ole Miss, all the time. Here's your host, Brad Logan. Second down and eight from the 30-yard line. What a game for Ole Miss. Down 7 to nothing early. Reeled off 31 unanswered. Will win this one by a final score of 31-17. to 17. The Rebels and the Tigers meeting here in Oxford, a rivalry that goes way, way back. And Ole Miss is going to put one in the win column here in 2021. And here we go. That was the voice of the Rebels, David Kellum, calling the very last play as the Rebels defeated LSU 31-17 to this past Saturday in Oxford. And the Rebels are now 6-1 and and 3-1 and in the conference. The first time the Rebels have started this good uh, since 2015 when they started 7-0. and We remember that, that year ended in the Sugar Bowl. wonder what this year might end. We'll have to wait and see. The Rebels took care of LSU 31-17. At one point leading 31-7, and Snoop Connor was about to score and extended the ball. It goes out of the back of the end zone, and one of the oddest rules there, there is. It was a touchback. LSU gets the ball. The Rebels have a number of reserves in the game, drive the length of the field and score. So uh, it, it turned out and the score is not really indicative of, of how dominant, dominant Ole Miss was. They went 31-17, to 17, and now it's on to Auburn, a, a game that, that, that I personally have had circled all year. Now, I'll be honest, I thought the Rebels would be probably 4-3 and three at this point and not 6-1. I, I did not expect Ole Miss to, to win between – to go 3-0 and o between Arkansas, Tennessee, and LSU. I knew those would be three difficult games. But we always said – I've said on different shows I've been on – if Ole Miss was going to have a special season, they had to win at Tennessee and they had to win at home against LSU. They've done those two things. The question remains now is, can they go on the road in an incredibly hostile environment? We know they can. They did it a couple of weeks ago in Tennessee. But can they go on the road and stop a running attack of, of Bo Nix and his complement of running backs and beat a really good Auburn team? I say they're really good. I don't know how good they are. Other than maybe Georgia, <laughs> it's really just a bunch of dudes. I mean, you know, Alabama's up there as well. They kind of slept walk through three quarters. But, hey, I mean, Josh Heupel's got them playing really, really well, and they they were within, what, one, two scores late into that game. So, you know, credit Tennessee. But, yeah, I mean, you've got Alabama and Georgia. And, uh, I, you know, it's hard to argue that right now you're sitting with Ole Miss. And then it's kind of some other people. But you look at the schedule – we know Miss. They've got Liberty coming up after Auburn. So I think they should win that football game. They've got Texas A&M at home, a good opportunity there. They should beat Vanderbilt at home. And you've got to go to Starkville, and goodness knows what's going to happen over there. Mississippi State's kind of hitting its stride a little bit. Will Rogers playing better. And uh, the Bulldogs will be waiting on the Rebels on Thanksgiving. The question is, <laughs> what's Ole Miss's record going to be? I mean, is there a chance in Cincinnati loses? 
Ole Miss runs the table, slides into the college football playoff. Imagine how crazy that might be. A lot of water to go under the bridge. I'll say this. I've been wrong about Ole Miss a lot this year. I, I, I Honestly, I'm surprised they're 6-1. But then you've got players like Matt Corral that have absolutely put everything they have on the line with a bevy of receivers that, you know, to be honest with you, a number of them have been injured this year. And to be able to come back and play as well as they have with some second and third team wide receivers says a lot about Matt Corral and what he's been able to do in the running backs of Snoo Connor, the way that offensive line has gelled with all the injuries. We'll get into how this game transpired, how the Rebels won 31-17, and preview the Auburn Tigers in the second part of the show. Ole Miss is 6-1, 3-1 of the conference. Also, we'll give out some game balls. Give out some game balls, and it may not be actual players. I'll go ahead and tell you right now. One of the game balls is going to go to the Ole Miss administration with the way they handled Eli Manning Day, with how cool that halftime performance was. From the band to the way the acoustics were to the way the you know the video portions of everything, I thought the Ole Miss administration did a fantastic job. That's going to be our first game ball today. It was a perfect day in Oxford, really, when you had an opportunity to retire Eli Manning's jersey, had all the people on campus – and then you had an opportunity to, to win a football game against LSU. As always, we are incredibly grateful that you've been a part of the program. It's It's been a fun ride, and uh, it's been a fun season to cover. If you have an opportunity, uh, subscribe, uh, like, and rate and review the podcast. You can get it, of course, on all of your normal podcast, podcast platforms. It's been a lot of fun to be a part of the Believe Podcast Network. We'll get to the ball game right after this. Take a timeout on the Believe in Ole Miss podcast, a part of the Believe Podcast Network. It is a place which exerts an extraordinary pull on all who have walked its hallowed ground. Thousands come each year, and yet no one ever really leaves. Ole Miss is for life. A major university with the familiar intimacy of family. Friendships that are more than friendships. Moments that are more than moments. An autumn celebration on a Saturday afternoon in the Grove. Contests waged and triumphs savored. With our largest freshman class, soaring honors college, national reputation for academics and research, our pride is overflowing. Today, more than ever, for all who have ever called this magical place home, You never leave Ole Miss. Welcome back to the Believe in Ole Miss podcast with your host, Brad Logan. Want to be a part of the program? Just email the show at brad.logan at loganmedianetwork.com or shoot him a DM on Twitter at bradlogancote. Whether it's touchdown Ole Miss or showers and right, it's all Ole Miss all the time. And now back to the show.
thank you for this unbelievable honor. I appreciate all of my old Miss family here that has supported me during my career. This day would not be possible without the unbelievable coaches and players that I got to compete with on this field every Saturday. I'd like to thank my parents, my wife Abby, my kids, and all of my family for their love and support during my football journey. And seeing my number 10 hang up there next to my dad will be one of the greatest moments of my life. Thank you. I love Ole Miss. Hotty toddy. And a special thank you to Dan Courts and Learfield for the audio for Eli's halftime speech. Boy, that was great. And also a special thank you to Dan uh, for supplying the uh, the scoring plays by David Kellum, voice of the Rebels, and color analyst Harry Harrison. And what a speech it was by former Ole Miss quarterback Eli Manning. Wow, what, what a nice day. And it was a beautiful day. The Grove was absolutely packed. And it was a day in which Ole Miss honored Eli Manning along with his entire family. Uh, I say entire family. Uh, Cooper was there. His dad was there. Of course, all of his family, his immediate family with his wife and his children were there. And just so happened his nephew was there as a recruit on an unofficial visit. Arch Manning, the five-star quarterback out of Isidore Newman down in New Orleans, a highly coveted quarterback and. We'll talk more about recruiting in the next couple of weeks and maybe months or so until the big signing day gets here. But, uh, yeah, a lot of recruiting, uh, a huge list of visitors that were there on campus. And uh, we've got some things in the works uh, for recruiting. So, you know, stick around for that. Uh, let's get a little more in-depth about what happened in Oxford uh, this past Saturday is, is, is Ole Miss was able to take on LSU. And it was a an interesting game from – from my standpoint in regards to what I thought was going to happen and what actually happened. We saw LSU with Ty Davis-Price really struggle running the football. He ended the day only 53 yards. And how about this Ole Miss defense only allowing LSU to run for 77 yards? They threw for 249. Uh, 103 came from uh, Nussmeyer, the backup quarterback, late in the game. So Max Johnson, the starting quarterback, only gave up 146 yards to the air. No touchdowns, one interception. So you really have to credit D.J. Durkin. You know, I I got on him pretty heavy uh, and along with that Ole Miss defense at the very beginning of the game because if you think about it, LSU drove the length of the field, scored, went up 7 to nothing. Ole Miss three and out or, you know, a couple of plays and punt. LSU gets the ball, drives down to the field. About to go up 14 to nothing and to make this thing really interesting. Frankly, interesting to the point of I don't know if Ole Miss is going to be able to come back. And credit Ole Miss. You know, credit the Rebels. They not only came back, they came storming back. And uh, behind the the quarterback of Matt Corral, uh, defensively, uh, you know, like we talked about earlier, played really well. And I, I just can't say enough about Cedric Johnson, about how well he's playing. Mark Robinson, a converted wide receiver from Southeast Missouri State, 
12 total tackles the last three games. The last two games, he's had double digits. In Arkansas, I think he had eight tackles. Chance Campbell, the all-everything linebacker from Maryland, the transfer in, 10 tackles. Otis Reese, Jr., nine tackles. By the way, before the, the season, we knew there were going to be a, a couple of new faces. Didn't know how good they were going to be. We knew that Chance Campbell and Otis Reese would be some, kind of some new faces. Jay Springer, play injured, uh, finished with four tackles, but was it's almost like he just finds the football. That's how Ole Miss was able to beat LSU. They played defense. We wondered how good this defense was going to be, and uh, they ended up being a whole lot better than we thought, almost a little past the midway point of the season. Still a lot of work to do. I mean, you know, let's be honest, number 87 in uh, in the country out of 114 out of passing yards uh, allowed. But frankly, it's not really about everything that's happened throughout the game. It's how the Rebels have finished, specifically against Arkansas and Tennessee. That, that, when we look back on this season and we do a podcast at whatever bowl game they're going to, however it finishes, I can assure you we're going to look back at two games, Arkansas and Tennessee. Now it's going to be a really nice bowl game. I don't know where it's going to be yet. But the Rebels should, as it stands right now, win no less than eight games. I think, honestly, if eight and four is a disappointment at this point. But the Rebels have Liberty, which they are better than Liberty. They should win the game. They're better than uh, than Vanderbilt. They should win the game. And frankly, they're better than Mississippi State, but who knows? Who knows with the Egg Bowl? So that let's say that they get the Egg Bowl. That's nine wins. Then you pick one or two because I just, I just can't see Ole Miss going 11-1. So they go ten and three, heck of a season, ten and two, whatever. Great season. It's a really nice bowl game in Florida. I think we kind of go back and say, well, you know, the defense still statistically not the greatest in the world, but look what they did down the stretch. Look what this team did down the stretch against Arkansas, Tennessee. The two point conversions, they made it happen. And I think that's, uh, that's some things we'll be looking at specifically at the end of the year. I think for Ole Miss offensively, it was all going to be what was Matt Corral going to, to be able to do against the LSU defense. An LSU defense that's played pretty well this year. And I think probably the best defensive all-around game Ole Miss has played in since Louisville, the first game of the year. And it all began with the Tysheem Johnson interception of Max Johnson when LSU was about to go up 14 to nothing. And that was obviously the critical point of the game. At that point Ole Miss goes up 7 to nothing because I'm sorry, 17 to 7 because of what they're able to do scoring the football with Matt Corral with players like Snoop Connor on the ground who had a huge game. Jerron Ely who quite frankly was called out by Lane Kiffin. The entire running back room I think was called out by Lane Kiffin. They responded for sure. Ely ended up having 97 yards on 12 carries. Snoop Connor, 14 carries, 117 yards. Henry Parrish Jr., not the best game, uh, 10 carries, 32 yards, but had the touchdown whenever he ran hard on the goal line and was essentially picked up and pushed the final couple of yards. The good news for Ole Miss is Matt Corral didn't have to run it. He was incredibly efficient. 18 of 23 for 185 and one touchdown. Didn't have to throw it. 
when you run the ball like Ole Miss did, you just don't have to throw it. As for LSU, Max Johnson, we talked about him, 13 of 21 for 146. Had one touchdown. Dust Meyer, 7 of 12. I'm sorry, one interception. The one interception by Johnson. No touchdowns. Nussmeyer, 7 of 12, 103, one touchdown, no interceptions. Rushing the ball, fantastic game by D.J. Durkin in this defense. Ty Davis Price, 17 carries, 53 yards. He had one score. Kiner, 10 carries, 49 yards. That was it. That point, they had, they had a, a couple of sacks. Uh, credit that Ole Miss defense. 77 total yards, that's it. And one touchdown on the ground. It almost felt like, you know, Chris Burroughs, who writes for the Associated Press, sits by me. And when LSU went up 7-0, I was like, okay. They came to play. And Ole Miss better do something. We talked about earlier, Ole Miss gets the ball, can't do anything offensively, and then all of a sudden, LSU drives down the field again. And I said, Chris, if they go 14 and nothing, that's, that's, that's problematic. But – on the flip side, if they don't, if Ole Miss could somehow hold them to the field goal, it felt like 10 points was not just an insurmountable lead. 14 felt big at that point in the game. And when they didn't get anything, and then Ole Miss began to drive the ball, I looked at Chris and I said, that's that's big. You'll always find early in the game, I think, always find early in the game, there are key components of a game that determine the outcome. Things that happen that you kind of circle and say, okay, we'll need to remember that. And the interception by Johnson was definitely one that we all wrote down and said, yeah, that's one we'll need to remember. It's plays like that that, that, that Ole Miss have been, has been able to, to get. You know, we talked on the show last week about the games that Ole Miss has lost that are memorable. The games that you remember that, well, you remember this, you know, this happened, this happened, but but, the, but they lost. This year they're winning those games. I, I don't know what's going to happen next week or, or Saturday. They may lay an egg in Auburn. I don't think they will. Now, Auburn may play really well, and Ole Miss play, may play well, and they may win the game. But I don't expect Ole Miss to go over there and just lay down. I don't expect them to go over there and, and, and have crowd noise be a, be a big difference. They played under the lights at Tennessee, under the, the brightest of, of bright I just think it's going to be very, very difficult for the Rebels to go on the road and win at Auburn. So that's a game if they can get, I'll be quite honest with you. That's one that I just didn't have. Uh, I didn't have circle. Tight Evers Price scores for LSU to go up uh, 7 to nothing on the run, one-yard run. We talked about the Johnson interception. But then all of a sudden, here come the Rebels. Drive all the way down the field. And then Caden Costa connects on a 43-yard field goal, and uh, cuts the lead to 7-3. 32, so it's a 42-yard effort. He's one of two in the 40-49 to 49 range. Holding his Mac Brown, the snapper is Jared Lawrence. This is to put the Rebels on the board. Snap back and down. Kick has plenty of distance, and looks like it is good, and the Rebels are on the board. Rebels do a nice job holding LSU once again, and Casey Kelly... Casey Kelly, the brother of Chad Kelly, and what I've learned is affectionately known as Little Swag. You know, Chase Rogers is a really good blocking tight end. Has made some pretty good catches this year. But, man, 
really have to credit Casey Kelly. He's done a nice job this year. The beautiful play call. It was a bootleg, and Matt Corral hit him from two yards out as the Rebels take the lead 10 to 7. Little soft pass caught in the end zone. Touchdown, Ole Miss. It's Casey Kelly who hauls it in for the score. Play action, David. Just froze everybody. Casey Kelly had his hand on the ground, got into the end zone, and uh, Matt just bootlegged it out, caught him quickly. Good catch, good throw. Rebels go up. And one of the better play calls of the day by Jeff Levy and uh, Lane Kiffin. I thought it was a great call. And uh, the Rebels, a key point of this game is they held LSU, and if you'll remember, deep into the second quarter, uh, Rebels leading 10-7. to They called a timeout to preserve some time. I thought it was great time management by Ole Miss. They go the length of the field, a big connection to, Matt, uh, to, to Dontrio Drummond from Matt Corral. Sets up a three-yard run by Matt Corral, and the Rebels go up 17-7. to And I'll be honest with you, they don't look back. And uh, the Rebels put a big plan together uh, in the second half to really blow this thing open. But it was a nice play call by Jeff Levy, and uh, Matt Corral keeps it from three yards out. There's Corral keeps it, lowers his head, pumps it into the end zone. Touchdown, Ole Miss. Great job, David. Read option. Obviously, Paris was tackled immediately. Guess what? He didn't have the football. Matt Corral pulls it, lowers that head. No. Yeah, the Rebels take a 17-7 lead into the half. And I'll be honest, it really felt like LSU should have been up 21-3, maybe. Uh, the Tigers had just had a great opportunity to do some things offensively in the first half. And I guess that's what happens when you have a lamed-up coach. And uh, it was an opportunity, and Ole Miss took advantage of it. And Ole Miss has done that this year. They've taken advantage of opportunities. Now, we get into penalties. <laughs> Ole Miss is, I think, the most penalized team in the country. And Lane Kiffin made a joke about how they're the most penalized team in college, NFL, Little League, and everything. This is something they've got to take uh, look, take a hard look at and get corrected. But the Rebels come out, and they get after in the in the third quarter. And uh, Henry Paris Jr., a nice five-yard run and uh, stretches the lead at 24-7. to In the middle field, back behind him is Parrish. He brings Plumley in motion to the near side. He's going to hand it off to Parrish, who runs right. He's hit at the two, spun around, trying to drive it in the end zone. There's a scrum. Does it get in? Yes or no? Touchdown, Touchdown. Ole Miss! And David, the scrum, probably got those last two yards, but we'll take it. And color analyst Harry Harrison's exactly right. That offensive line basically picked up Henry Parrish Jr. and, uh, well, pushed him in the end zone. And the Rebels go up 24-7. And it was all but over at that point because Ole Miss was clicking offensively. And LSU uh, couldn't do anything. And Ole Miss, to D.J. Durkin's credit, put a lot of pressure on Max Johnson, forced interceptions, forced fumbles, and another turnover set over a big score and a big run by Jerry Ely and, quite frankly, his best game of the year, in my opinion. And this may have been his best run of the year for a touchdown. At right is Casey Kelly, the tight end. Rebels with third and 12 from the LSU 36. There's the snap. Fake to Ely. Actually handed to Ely. Ely makes one man miss. Makes another one miss. He's at the 20, to the 15, to the 10. Carry him into the end zone, boys. Touchdown, Ole Miss. That's what I'm talking about, David. The next possession, Ole Miss would drive all the way down the field before Snoop Connor would fumble out of the back of the end zone. That would have put the Rebels up 38-7, to or maybe in 38-10. to uh, Yeah, 38-10 to because uh, LSU would end up adding a field goal. At the end of the day, it was the Rebels' opportunity to do some, some big things offensively, 
and they did just that. And it sets up a big opportunity for Ole Miss to face an Auburn Tiger team led by quarterback Bo Nix is going to run the football. The Rebels do a nice job, 25 first downs of the day. Pretty good third down efficiency, although we saw Mac, Mac Brown punt a good bit. Five of 13, not great, but here is the key. On fourth down, the Rebels were three for three. Total yards for the Rebels on the day, 470. Uh, most importantly, 204 through the air as Matt Corral was 19 of 24. Rushing the football, 266 yards. And here's the key. Ole Miss, 12 penalties for 106 yards. LSU, two penalties for 16 yards. That is just a problem. That's a huge, huge problem for this Ole Miss offense and defense, frankly. They have to get that fixed before they head over to Auburn. We'll have more on Auburn in the, in the coming days here on the podcast. Of course, the Tigers come in at 5-2 and two and 2-1 two and one in the conference, led by Tank Bigsby, their big running back. Uh, averages 5.2 yards a carry. He's got 547 yards on the year. Uh, Jarquez Hunter, a name that a lot of folks remember, a Mississippi product, 57 carries for 494 yards. I thought we would see more of Sean Shivers, and we haven't seen a whole lot of him this year. He uh, Only 71 yards on the year. And then Bo Nix, of course, we've seen him run the ball a good bit on that, that, that option attack for 213 yards. Through the air real quickly, We'll look and see that Bo Nix, uh, 128 of 211. Pretty good numbers. Two interceptions, eight touchdowns, has a long of 71 yards. It's averaging about 212 yards a game. That really falls in line with what Auburn does offensively, uh, mixing up the pass and the run really, really well. Zacoby McCain, uh, McCain uh, let's try this again. Zacoby McLean leads the Tigers in tackling with 53 tackles so far. Chandler Wooten. Boy, he's been there, uh, seems like a while. 52 total tackles. Those are the two main tacklers for this Auburn defense. Brian Harson, the head coach, a name a lot of folks will remember from Arkansas State. Then he went to Boise State. And uh, really good selection by that, uh, that Auburn administration. I, I think Harson's going to be around the SEC for a good long while. Yeah, really good football coach. And he'll have his team ready. It'll be a raucous crowd inside Jordan-Hare Stadium. And uh, once again, the Rebels will come back home after that to face Liberty. That that kickoff time was announced. It's going to be on the SEC Network at 11 o'clock. So the Fighting Hugh Freezes will come back to campus and face Ole Miss. The question is, will the Rebels be 7-1 and one or 6-2? and two? We'll see soon enough. This game opened up with an Ole Miss. I think they were a one-and-a-half-point favorite. That's flipped to Auburn at one-and-a-half. So the Tigers are a small favorite. I expect it to be you know, somewhere thereabout. Maybe maybe to pick them. You, know, you can't ever tell. It's going uh, to be a big game. So uh, we'll talk to you later on in the week. Uh, we've got a huge interview coming up with Coach Kermit Davis, Jr. We'll talk uh, Ole Miss basketball, and then we'll talk a little bit more about Auburn football to get you ready for kickoff on Saturday between the Tigers and the Rebels. Once again, thanks, everybody, for being part of the show. It's, uh, boy, it's been a lot of fun. And uh, I'm very grateful uh, for all the folks that listen, that have told me they enjoy the show. It means a lot. I, I just encourage you to, to please tell a friend and let them know that you enjoy the podcast. If you have a question, you can always shoot me a message on Twitter. That's at BradLoganCOTE. Or shoot us an email at brad.logan at loganmedianetwork.com. Uh, be sure and follow at B-L-E-A-V podcast, B-L-E-A-V in Ole Miss. 
both those handles on Twitter. And as always, you have any questions, once again, have anything you'd like to add to the show, shoot us that DM or shoot us an email. We'll be glad to help. Thanks, everybody, for jumping on. It's going to be a big week in Ole Miss athletics as the Rebels get ready to take on the Auburn Tigers. We'll have Coach Davis here, and we'll talk to him, and he'll be available for our next podcast, probably coming out on Thursday. We'll break down the season and what he expects and and break down all of his position players and have a bit of a preview for Ole Miss men's basketball. I know a lot of people are excited. Had a chance to visit with John Brady, who's a color analyst in the LSU radio network, on the sideline prior to the game. And he's very close with, with, with Coach Davis. And he said, Brad, I love this team. I absolutely love him. I think he's going to have some. I think he's got – and he didn't go into specifics out of respect for Coach Davis and watching practice and that sort of thing. He said, you know, I just think they've got, they've got every position covered. Don't have anybody that really jumps out at you, but they've got a fantastic team and they play well together. So that's big news if you're an Ole Miss fan. Because uh, because I think John Brady knows his basketball. Coach Dave is coming up on the podcast the next time we meet. Thanks, everybody. I really appreciate it. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Get it, of course, all across the major platforms. We sure are grateful. And uh, I love it. Absolutely love doing the show. And thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you very soon. We'll have Coach Davis here on the Believe in Ole Miss podcast, a part of the Believe Podcast Network. You've been listening to the Believe in Ole Miss podcast with your host, Brad Logan. Download the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe, rate, and leave a review online. Be sure and check us out on Twitter at BradLoganCOTE and at Believe Podcasts, as well as Facebook, Brad Logan Media. From the vault to the pavilion to Swayze Field, it's all Ole Miss all the time. This has been the Believe in Ole Miss podcast, a presentation of the Believe Podcast Network.